Welcome to the Deep Dive. We are back for a little bit of a hybrid episode. How are you, me old mate, Mick? Trent, mate. I'm doing very well. How about your good self? <laughs> the audio just broke as, as you start speaking. Right as it went. Oh, uh, you rat. <laughs> How are you going? I'm, I'm well. Um, we So we'll do a bit of a hybrid episode for a few reasons. Firstly, that it was a very short round. Secondly, there's not a stack to talk about. And thirdly, also, that we're in the second half of the year now, so teams that are out of contention, yeah, we're really not going to talk about shit. much. Yeah, the shit teams. The shit teams keep getting shitter, and the good teams just keep blowing them out of the park. That's the thing, I think. Well, when you're tipping eight and nine every week, it's not, you know, really starts to, um, you know, make, fun, make a bit of a mockery of this whole notion of the... The competition being extremely close is obviously not close. In fact, it's uh, as we've been speaking about this year particularly, there's quite a chasm between the top teams and, and the mid-tier and then even more to the bottom. But um, So we'll go, we'll go into a couple of games from round 14, but I think the, the bulk of we'll obviously talk into about um, round 15, of course, and then any other things that are on the agenda, and we'll kind of run it like that for the for the rest of the year, I reckon, because there's, yeah, we're just going to keep backing over there. How many times can you can you say, uh, North lost again? You know, it's the, uh, the 24th oh, loss out of 25. Back, yeah. How many times can we back the truck over St Kilda, oh. Carlton, Gold Coast? <laughs> like, I know, I know it's fun, but sometimes it's a bit of overkill. I started reading, yeah, last week we did the, the tweets from the St Kilda thing. I started reading the, the Carlton ones from the uh, match, the loss just gone, and I was thinking of reading them for this one. But they weren't even funny. It was just depressing, and I was like, uh, I can't even be bothered. So I think, yeah, stuff like that. I mean, you know, <clears throat> it's hard because, you know, I know listeners want to hear us talk about each team, but we literally, it's, it's the same deficiencies every week. Like, just let's pick one of the episodes. It's the same... We're not going to be reiterating this. So just play it back each week. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's going to be the same comments each time. Like, there might be one other small hole, but what do we gain by going backing over that as well? So, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get into a bit of round 14, but certainly um, a chunk of 15. Uh, massive thanks to our sponsor at Hopstone. Hopstone is a craft beer delivery service. Please check them out at hopstone.com.au. Actually, I have one of the new packs today. And uh, every beer in the pack of ten cans, uh, I had never heard of. Every single, I don't think there was any anything in there I'd heard of, which was um, very, very, um, very impressive. So yeah, because I, I, you know, you know, work around that kind of area and see a lot of craft beer around, and I, I had never seen any of them. They were all from other places, which is great. So that's the great thing about Hopstone. You get access to craft beer from around the country and other states and territories that you wouldn't necessarily see that might not have a rep here and <clears throat> aren't necessarily getting it out to the market here. And, yeah, it's um, it's a great way to drink delicious, fresh craft beer. And you can use the promo code AFL Deep Dive to get $25 off your first pack. Bing, bing, sorry, there. <laughs> Go. Yeah, and then um, I've just uh, I've been meaning to say it uh, for the last couple of weeks. I also uh, have begun to do... Uh, a very good selection of collabs with some of the breweries. Yeah, that's true. So some of the exclusive only stuff that you can get on the on the side of your your monthly subscription, if that's what you want to do. So they kept you up to date with anything like that that's coming out, and occasionally they slip one into your pack, which is nice to see. They slip. They slip it. In. They slip it in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds that sounds foul. Um, Dude, so it's a bit foul. No. Hopstone.com.au. 
Uh, and then, okay, so round 14. So really, obviously, the, the, the main game of the round was the Friday night. Really sort of pitiful round, let's be honest. And no Thursday game. Um, it's one of those rounds where, like, you could see nothing of the round, pretty much. And then if you were like a liar, like working in an office, and you could look at the fixture and be like, hang on, no, no, no. I just need to know what's going on for the water cooler, and then end up in the in the in the mess room yeah. or whatever. And they're like, "Gee, you see how shit ass this team was?" And you'd be like, "Oh, that dog shit. Yeah, how bad was that?" Like, you only really need to look at the fixture and be like, "Oh, I know exactly what happened." But this entire round, um, yeah, it was it wasn't the most insightful round of football. But the Friday night was really pretty, good. Yeah, I've got to say, yeah, it pretty much went to script as yeah. is. Like, as you said, yeah, definitely uh, nothing nothing new to come out of this, um, so to speak. But, yeah, yeah, no. I totally agree. Uh, Friday night was a very, very good game. Entertaining. Um, pretty much from the get-go, I thought we were in for a, maybe a stalemate. After the, the first quarter was pretty like a, a prize um, boxing match. Two, 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 two teams just trying to feel each other out, and then it started to open up in the second quarter, and the second half was just... Two top flight teams uh, going um, going at one one another. No, it's really good. Yeah, I had. I mean, I heard a few people saying that um, the first quarter and bits of the first half weren't like that higher standard. But I think that was it. Was the game had everything? It was one of the, it was a weird game. I heard um, Gary Lyon game a uh, Gary Lyon game Gary Lyon say that it was a very unusual game, and it was. It was very strange because it really had everything. It was a really high defensive game. Then it was a really intense offensive game. Um, It had 11 lead changes. I'm pretty sure it went back and forth. Like, it just had so many ebbs and flows. It went from periods where, you know, dogs had complete control, then periods of, 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 you know, scrap, and then periods of, you know, real back-to-back offensive um, skill sets from both teams, and then you know Geelong wanted to have serious control. So yeah, like it was a really impressive game. Um, I'm not sure about the crowd in that you know it was obviously a small crowd because of the restrictions in Victoria, but it was pretty absurd putting them all together in the one spot. I mean, if you're going to do it, at least uh, at least separate them, not put them on top of each other. That, that was um, very strange. But anyway, that that's um, that's the world we live in. Um, but I think, yeah, look, interesting tactics early. I thought the dogs crowded deep 50 and were forcing Geelong to enter from a long way out. They were really good at, like, crushing... Because the cats do like to work on chain offence, um, similar a little bit to what Essendon do. I think there's bits of... There was some great chain play through the Essendon game against Hawthorne where... Um, yeah, there'd be seven or eight players involved in a goal. Um, they've obviously got so many options, so Geelong liked to keep moving the ball. And, um, yeah, they really defensively locked that section of the ground up and and low forward 50 so that there was, you know, really the, the, the need to go a lot further out. So, yeah, look, there were some interesting tactics early on. Um, they just kept encouraging that congestion deep. Um it's interesting at the Geelong ground, obviously, like, wings are almost non-existent because it's so skinny. So they kind of had to create those situations deep. It's funny, like, I was thinking about it, I was watching it, like, normally a lot of that congestion would happen on the wing or, or, or out wide. Like, they they would create a lot of, you know, stop-start and, and, and struggle like that early on, whereas they were really having to do that um, deep, which was interesting. Um, but look, yeah, great game. So many ebbs and flows. I mean, even like culturally, the cats look so good. Like they're, they're I think I noticed in the game was they're really 
celebrating each other's goals, which, you know, I think is really important and um, backing each other. And yeah, but look, there was great elements of both teams. You know, the dogs, it sucks for them. They lost because obviously with Melbourne losing, they would have been um, top of the ladder. Not that, you know, <laughs> with the way the AFL works, finishing first doesn't make it, who cares, but um, it shouldn't work like that. But that's, that's the truth. Um, <clears throat> but I think, yeah, look, they were so close and they had the right idea. Like, it was the best that I've seen them play. One of the better games that I've seen them play this year and yet they didn't win. Um, they took the intercept as well away from Geelong for large sections of the game and it's a key way to try to beat Geelong is to keep the ball low and try and take those intercepts out. What What was your other takeaways? Like, I, 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 I loved it. It was a great game from start to finish. Yeah, oh, I mean, pinpoints why um, the Geelong, so Geelong got the massive advantage of playing down there. <clears throat> is yeah, what you were uh, hinting uh, and pointing out. There's no wing there. And the players have openly said, look, we're not playing down here because teams often will kick out on the full. So we get all these free possessions because they're constantly getting the ball in a pretty dangerous spot when they're trying to um, come out of defence. Um, and well, Jack Henry, is he just uh, a, a mini scarlet in, in the making. His ability to read the play, um, chop off incoming um, kicks into their forward trail. I, I thought him and, and, and Tom Stewart were just phenomenal in, in that defensive um, part of the ground for Geelong. And, yeah, you can really see that that team cohesion. Um, cohesion is the word I was looking for there uh, within Geelong. At the moment, and, and, and same with the dogs. These two teams, I think, can uh, definitely be the last two teams standing um, at the end of the year. They're playing some really, really good football. Very balanced. Uh, both teams, obviously, were missing um, some key players. Obviously, Duncan went down <coughs> pretty early in this game. Steph Martin was a, a, a late uh, withdrawal. So, I mean, if they go full strength against each other, I mean, it only lifts the ceiling on, on what was a really, really good game on Friday night. Um, I guess the added bonus for the Cats is they've got someone in Patrick Dangerfield who's still got to get match fitness and he played pretty good on the weekend. Um, so if he's going to just get better, then where are we? Um, but as we say, like, the only thing Danger really needs to do uh, between games is kick ball in front of goal. That's yeah. all he needs to improve. Stewart, I think, had probably his best game, um, or certainly one of. I, I, <clears throat> he's a very consistent player. It's sort of hard, obviously, to rank game by game, but he was very, very, very good, obviously. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny. Like, the Cats are obviously so deep, and, and, and the end of the game was obviously very impressive, um, and that stat of Rowan, you know, only with Barry Hall being only two players to have um, kicked a winning goal after the siren. But, I mean, yeah, the Dogs would be ruining that, that last set of play. Um quite a bit little things like English wasn't quite as damaging as he's been this year very small things like that just just a tiny bit off but they were very very good um I thought Smith was excellent yeah Bont probably not quite as damaging as well he was still very good he had his moments um yes yeah, so I when when they needed him to step up he stepped up Little was brilliant as well oh he was incredible yeah. yeah and it's interesting because like previously like Libba's had an incredible year and um, the very few, well, when Melbourne beat um, the Dogs, Harms tagged Libba out of the game, and that was an obviously big element to why they won that game. So it's interesting that Geelong uh, elected to not do that, 
um, given they've got a couple of taggers really and then they went with let's just see what happens or I don't, I don't know it worked I mean he, he didn't hurt them as much but um, I don't know it's interesting I, 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 I expected them to tag him given it worked with Melbourne and Harms but Harms is probably a better tagger than, than any of the Cats taggers so at least maybe you know, Goodwin probably didn't really not necessarily yeah. not have a choice but it's like well that's such an obvious play it's a bit hard to not to not go that route I um, guess Chris Scott really trusted his captain yeah um, Joel Sowood to just run with Liber and, and, and yes, Liber was influential at the stoppages, but that's where it kind of stopped. He didn't, I mean, he had a few moments around the ground where obviously he kicked the goal and, and things like that. But I think general play, he wasn't as influential as he's been no. in other games. And I think that's because you have someone like um, Selwood running with you. It's pretty hard because he's still an elite player, still an elite player. And again, he bobbed up. He uh, went along needed him to, to kick a, an important goal. I think it was yeah. halfway through the second or early yeah. in the third. Um, which is, he's, I don't think I can remember him missing a set shot when they've just needed, needed a set. Yeah, he's so good in those situations. But Chris Scott as well loves team defence. I mean, the, the joke always with him is that he, he'd play, you know, he'd play 19, 20 defenders on, on the field. He'd play he'd play as many physically any, as defenders as he could play. Um, but, yeah, look, I... <clears throat> he obviously went off after the siren, which was funny, and um, yeah, I think it's great. He wears his heart on his sleeve, and I, I always think that's um, that's good. It's it's a weird one with Chris Scott because he's got the best win loss record of any active coach, but then you know he's only won the one flag, which is a bit hard. He is in a, in a, well, not uh, it's, I guess it's fair, but a little bit in that like he's um, in an era where you've got two of his peers have won. Um, three and four flags, you know, had huge hauls. It's not necessarily that common where, you know, it might be like a Sheedy or yeah. someone like that, but it wouldn't be that common that you'd be in an era where people not that far away. Well, how old is Clarko? What's Clark? How old is Clarko? 44, 45-ish? No, Clarko's in his 50s. Okay, so a little bit, but a little bit, but not like astronomically older, older than Chris Scott. Not like he's not 15 years older. He'd be like maybe 10 years older. No. Nah. No, nah, him and so you, him and John Longmire are about the same age. So okay, fifty-two or fifty-three, something like so that. So max ten years. As an well, we're obviously not looking at the at Wikipedia mm-hmm. thing, but as an, my point is though, they're pretty close to not far away from. You know, it's definitely yeah. their peer. It's not like it's a a malt house or a you know like a as I said a sheets or something. So that's the thing. He's in, and then uh, even younger than him. I think um, Hardwick, well, Hardwick must be younger than him. Um, well, maybe not. I don't know. In and around that age, but someone that's obviously won the three as well. So, and and having gotten close so many times. So, yeah. Look, they're going to be very hard to yeah. beat, obviously, this year, and and they're they're a big chance to to win it this year. And um, they've answered most of the questions. Um, it was the right decision to. They had the cats had the option to make more money. Um, had have taken that game to to Sydney, and they would have got a much bigger crowd. They would have got at least minimum twenty five thousand. But you'd think. You know, top of the table clash, SCG Friday night. That I don't know whether I'm assuming would they would have negotiated it for the SCG map probably on the Thursday. If there was something on the Friday there for the NRL or whatever. But my point is they would have got quadruple the money. But the the wins are worth yeah. quite a bit because if they finish fourth instead of fifth, as an example, I think Castle finished higher than that. But my point is that that's worth quite a lot more money than than you would get at, at the turnstiles. So. Um, gives you that double chance, obviously. So, <clears throat> yeah, look, very, very impressive game. Um, only thing for the Cats that was kind of shitty out of it uh, for them is Duncan uh, injury. 
obviously that sucks for, for them. He's not going to be back till Maybe best case scenario, finals. first final. Yeah, it sounds like pretty much best case, first final. Yeah, from from such an innocuous, jarring. Like, yeah, I really feel sorry because he he's, he has had periods of ins and outs with the, those injuries. He claimed obviously lights out football at the moment. Yeah, um, career best form um, and looked good early. Um, yeah, very disappointing uh, and pretty sad. But obviously, they bat pretty deep, so it does open uh, the opportunity for someone in the wings there. Um, and you know, they're all fighting for spots at Geelong, mate. and they got to play good football to stay in there. And, and I've been very impressed with um, Knuckles since he's come back. He's just building and building and building. So he'll hold his spot. It's just now a matter of who comes in to replace Duncan. Um, if they do, they're, they're going to have to perform straight away. Your minute goal has been amazing too. Um, oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, like you and I said a couple of years ago, those those were the two. They were, they were two very important players that needed to lift their standard from a couple of years ago, and they've definitely done. But yeah, like you know, McRae, obviously Libba, uh, Caleb Daniel is fantastic. It's funny looking at the stats. I actually haven't looked. This is the first time I'm looking at the stats. Bond, Bond had. Uh, I, I said before he had a pretty good game. You look at the stats, you're like, wow, that's a, that's quite a good game. Um, yeah. So the only other thing I just want to just briefly mention. Um, it obviously was, I think, well, what do you think? I guess I, I thought it was pretty outrageous, the um, fines that Selwood got and, and didn't get a week. I mean, if Toby Green had done that to A, Taylor, Duray, and I can't remember who the other player was, be assaulted two players. Um, I mean, let's be honest. Like, if Toby Green does that, he gets three weeks, three weeks. And into the straight to the tribunal. Or who knows? I mean, he, he gets a, a pretty um, hard rap. So, I, I don't know. I think that's... There's a lot of, I mean, yeah, we bang over this, you know, Bush League stuff, which, you know, it's constant Bush League, but it is um, embarrassing that something like that can happen where it, it's so obviously meant to be one result, it goes to the other way. And they got Brisbane yeah, next week, and I, I think they would, well, I think they were just too scared to, to ban Selwood for Brisbane next week. I think that's the simple reality of it. And I, 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 you can call me, not you, but one can call me a, uh, uh, what's the word? A, um, Cynicist, so you know, being cynical or whatever, but I, I think um, that's exactly what it is. I don't think the AFL could cop, would have wanted to cop that because um, I think Geelong would have would have taken it as far as they could. Uh, it's a yep. pretty pretty important game, and then yeah, so that's that's I think by far um, the best game. But yeah, it had had a lot of ebbs and flows, and it really did look in the second quarter like the Dogs had significant control. Like you go back and have a look at the the scoreworm, like they. There were periods in the second where it felt like, they're, okay, they're going to run away with this. Uh, I tipped along, so I was like, oh, like, there goes that tip. But And then it kind of went back the other way. But, yeah, 11 lead changes, obviously very exciting. And, um, yeah, look, as much as I don't think the standard of the AFL across the board is as high as it's ever been at the moment, I think it's actually not great at the moment. But, the, you know, when the two top teams play and there's a couple of top teams in, in the league, when they're doing this, it's, it's pretty impressive. Um, yeah. And then, like, the, the only other thing, I mean, I <laughs> just a very few small things. I So, with the Sun, like, you know, we obviously won't talk about the Sun's poor game, but did you know, I, I, I did not know this, but Stuart Jew has the worst percent winning record of any Gold Coast coach. So, his record is, like, 22% of wins. And then Rodney Rodney Eads is, like, 20, 24% or something, 24 25%. And then Guy McKenna was like 26, 27%. That is so damning. I had no, I had no idea of that statistic. That came up during the game. I think, I'm, I, think, wow. I'm, I think they played this, unless I'm like 
misremember. I remember quite tired. Unless I misremember this in my head, or whether I saw this on first crack or whatever, something on another Fox show. I feel like it was played during the game, but don't quote me on that. But that would that would be really like hanging shit all over Stuart Jude. But yeah. I mean, that was that that to me is shocking. I I, I knew it would be bad. Obviously, they lose so many games every year. But that is that is so damning. It's not even funny. Like that that is just like shut the door type of stuff. That that's how bleak it feels. To be honest, when I saw that set, I was like, that, that's about as ugly as it gets, hey? Pretty much. Um, and I'll always say that was the first and biggest mistake that the Gold Coast ever made was sacking Guy McKenna. I agree. Yeah. When they did. <laughs> he should have seen out his tenure and some. Yeah. Um, just to build that club with some stability. So, yeah, uh, I'll speed you. Um, is that looking so good as they did at the start of the year? Oh, it's horrendous. No, he looks like he, Well, he said he, it's funny. In the presser, he was like, under the pump. Of course, I'm under the pump. We're all under the pump. Everyone under the pump. Club under the pump. Pump, pump, pump. He kept saying pump, pump, pump over and over, and he was like sweating bullets when he said it, and I was like, wow, this is uh, this is getting ugly. Um, <laughs> yeah, he probably saw Nathan Buckley walk through the uh, the club rooms. Well, I, want, I wanted to mention that. I was going to say, I mean, the simple reaction, someone asked me, do you think, um, Stuart, on the pod, on the um, social media and stuff, we, a few people asked us, do you think, um, uh, do you think Stuart is going to lose his job? And I was like, I don't know, obviously, but the simple reality is, if Nathan Buckley will go there, which we had this, if you want to hear that long Nathan Buckley conversation, it's in last week's episode in the review. But if Nathan Buckley is available, he's screwed. Like, that's the simple reality of it. If he's available, Stuart Jew will be with Ben Simmons at the Shanghai Sharks next year. Like, uh, he's not going to be, he won't that's be, it. he will not be coaching the Gold Coast Suns. So, um, yeah. And Tony Cochran, obviously, very embarrassing as well, like making all those sledges against Tassie over the last week or two, and then Tassie gets a full crowd, 15,000 people who actually give a shit. You know, Essendon hadn't been there for 30 years or whatever, and they had a look like Windy Hill, like it was a full crowd. and They were really into the game. And, I mean, it just shows, like, how embarrassing... Well, two things. It shows how embarrassing Tony Cochran is, but also it shows the error, I think, that the AFL made. I think a Tassie team made more sense than a Gold Coast team. I don't think they thought outside the box. I think they were naive to think that they wouldn't be able to get a national sponsor for a Tasmanian team. I think that was obviously going to happen, and a lot of the TV rights deals would work. And there's ways to make it. Um, there's, I, I think there's easier ways to make a Tassie team work over Gold Coast, but I don't know. Maybe we're too far down the hole now. But um, the problem as well is someone brought this up during the week that Gillan McLaughlin's, you know, one of his babies is the, is the Gold Coast team, so. <laughs> Long as he's in charge, I reckon they're going to keep shoveling money in it. But yeah, mate, maybe that'll end at some point. But yeah, that was obviously pretty embarrassing. But also the other thing too, just quickly on that as well, is very embarrassing for North Melbourne too, who had like five people at the last game. Um, yeah, doesn't look uh, well at this game. It doesn't, doesn't uh, against the Lions. So <clears throat> I know against you know a Queensland team, but to be fair, it's like six people there. So it's obvious. Yeah. It's obvious. Taswegians have no interest in North Melbourne. So and North Melbourne people don't really give a shit about North Melbourne. So no, they didn't turn up their games. And just quietly on the two victors, they were both asleep against these teams, and clearly that's the gap. Neither of them were very convincing in Brisbane or Port Adelaide. But oh. if I was Port Adelaide, mate, they should have. There should be a one in front of that eight, as far as I'm concerned. They should have really, really. Um, drawn blood in this game just to show the rest of the football world that they do mean business. In the meantime, their best, one of their best players is down with injury to Robbie Gray. Um, so, yes, they got the win, but 50 points against arguably the third worst team in the comp at the moment. I think Gold Coast um, probably should have done better. 
that was the worst I've seen them play this year. That that was so bad. They were defenseless. They were embarrassing. They were limp. And I think Port. I agree. I do. I did think that, but I do wonder whether it's like you know round fourteen. Just got to get through the games at this point. It's a long season. Um, after a shorter off season, a lot. We're in we're in pretty unusual times. Obviously, last year was a pretty exhausting True. year. So I do. Port play till the right to the prelim as well. So I do wonder whether um, that's a bit of a but anyway. Uh, I, I don't disagree. I, I, I can see that argument as well. And then obviously the North Brisbane game is not much to, to worry about. I mean Brisbane sort of fell asleep. Brisbane played one quarter. Yeah, they fell asleep at the wheel halfway through. But then we're like, hang on, we better get this done. Um, the Giants, Carlton. I mean, yeah. Look, I, I I I thought I actually liked watching this in that like I thought um, there was the full. The best thing was it had the best element of a Giants game in that it was a it was the full Toby Green experience in that you got him. Assaulting people, you got him being kind to people. You got him kicking a torpedo nice. after the siren. You got him being, you know, you got him kicking like taking ridiculous marks, like amazing field kicks. You know, um, shots out in the fall. It had it had everything. It had it was the full Toby Green experience, and it was it was great. I loved it. It was great to watch, and and he is the player that you know the. You know, Collingwood dorks think to go is like he 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 is so far that that player, um, yeah, he was great. Um, but yeah, look, they're faster, fitter, and um, yeah, very Carlton. very embarrassing. Carlton, you know, Cripps, what an incredible drop off. Like he he looks one tenth of the player that he was. He looks, and even if if he's injured, then why do they keep playing him? They're going to ruin his career if, if I'm him. I think he needs to leave. I think he's um, ruining his career there, and and they better hurry up and sack T. You can get somebody in there that means business, because otherwise, if mm. I'm on Cripps, why would I possibly stay? Why? Yeah, you can already see Cripps in his media com- uh, commentary. He's playing a very straight <laughs> bat, um, but with his contract negotiations, that it's just the finer details. The finer details are you going. I don't want to stay here. I want to go, or I want to stay here and. You're going to pay me a lot of money, and well, I don't think Carlton are willing to pay him a lot of money. No, and if I'm Cripps, even if I could earn, I don't know if I'll pay it now because he's in very bad form. But if mm. I'm, if I could go to West Coast and earn, you know, eight hundred ish, I'm taking it because you know I know he could earn more at Freo, but he'll probably get success or pretty close to success at West Coast. They're the biggest club, best facilities, or one of you know top top facilities, um, close to the city, good life, uh, yeah, good team. Well coached, yep. I, yeah. I don't know why you wouldn't um, wouldn't consider that. Um, you'd have to. I don't know how. I don't know how West Coast can even be West Coast book books. Sorry, make um, make uh, even less sense than nine eleven. But I don't. I don't, I'm just, I, I don't understand how it's physically possible that all their players can possibly be under the cap. And we've had this discussion a couple of times where you and I have done the maths. We're like, yo, McGovern, you and I one night added it up. On, on an episode that went off the rails, we were like, it, it, the numbers simply don't make any sense. But anyway, the point is supposedly they can offer him about eight hundred, and Freya want to offer him at least one one point one. But screw the one point one. Like you're probably going to see a busted ass or Freya. I mean, who knows? Freya could come good, but they're okay. They're going to can't kick a goal to save their lives. But yeah, um, but you'd be concerned when one of your best young players and Shira wants out. Yeah, exactly. How embarrassing is that? That's the thing. I find Crips. I'm, I'm watching that pretty pretty carefully. Uh, I did yeah, find it very absolutely. funny, and this is this is quite sadistic. But I did find it funny that McKay moment where he tried the Lance Franklin along the boundary, the the thoroughbred <laughs> running like to, to go kick that miracle goal, and he bounced it out on the fall, and that was 
it summarized Carlton's. Um, yeah, you know, someone's. I saw someone. Go sorry. They think they're up here. Yeah, they think they're up here, like a couple of runs up the ladder, but really they're not. They may be ochre at best. I saw somebody tweet. Uh, oh, if sorry, I'm Charlie Kerno, and if I'm Charlie Kerno, I'm, I'm saying I'm still injured. Point out. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I was just going to say, sorry to cut you off. I was just going to say, um, yeah, well, this is the thing. Like, I mean, so this, this statistic is horrendous. So in the past 10 years, Mick Malthouse has won the most games as Carlton coach. And he was horrific as Carlton coach. How bad is that? See that? I didn't know that. That's like the, the Stuart Juice. That's something with the Juice. Yeah. Yeah. They're both, they're both horrific, (laughs) horrific statistics. Um, and I saw somebody tweet, Carlton are having a bad day at the back end of the game, or what a bad day for Carlton, or shame it was a bad day. Someone I can't remember the exact words, but I was like, bad day, decade, bad, bad couple of bad couple of ten years. Like this is horrendous. Anyway, so I mean, the key as well, and this is, I think, to be honest, the most damning element to this. I know we said we wouldn't talk about it, but it's funny. I, I watched this. I took a lot of notes out of this game, but um, it was obviously embarrassing how easily the Giants were able to move it. But you know, the balls. So this, I mean, you, you tag Walsh. That's the that, that's it. So he was tagged out of the game, and Carlton were pitiful. And it just shows how much they rely on him. I mean, it was obvious, but it it's just funny. Somebody went, "Oh, well, we'll just do that," and they did it, and it completely worked. And DeBoer took apart Walsh and made it impossible for him to do anything. And that's it. And they got exhausted defending, and that was the end of the game. But yeah. Uh, embarrassing, and then and then the last game, um, so weird seeing these two teams playing Tasmania, but it was great, really good experience um, on television. It looked amazing. I'm sure it would have been great there. Um, full full house, um, yeah. We got the good game, and, and like with Toby, like with Toby Green, we got the Jake Stringer experience, and he was best. well even better. Everything. Well, normally the Jake, I would think Jake Stringer experience is the couple out in the fall and you know go off <laughs> go off at a teammate, but I think. Oh, yeah. This was this was pristine um, performance. Like this was his best game. I think this was his opus. This was his dark side it's, of the moon. Like it was it was so refined and 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 thought out. And this is amazing. This is Jake Stringer, Western Bulldogs, all Australian. Yeah, better. I think. Right. I think even better. I think this was his best game I've ever seen him play. I think he, it was unbelievable. He was absolutely everywhere. He was damaging in every respect. Oh, he was so good defensively as well. That's the thing. Like he was literally everywhere. Um, and everything worked. It was like a bit of luck, of course, in it, but everything worked. Even his crazy snaps, everything worked. Um, What's it? Seven tackles. Mm, well, I was going to say seven tackles. Never. I don't think you. I, I don't 11. think you knew what they were, but it was it was nope. incredible. Inside fifties, eleven scoring by twelve score involvements, four one. Women at seventy two percent disposal efficiency. Oh, it's a weapon. Yeah, it's a pretty good game. It's a weapon, and yeah, it worked. Um, having somebody like that, he won't win you every game, but he'll win you a few games, and the games he wins you will be pretty important if he plays like that. So yeah, very very impressive. But yeah, look, Essendon just that little bit more polished. Um, a little bit better youth at the moment, of course. Hawthorne still building. We've spoken about Essendon being a little bit further ahead down the line. Um, yeah. We we tipped the the five. This was a pretty easy round to tip, obviously. But yeah, really, as I spoke about earlier, really good offensive chain. And um, yeah, little things like I did think about this with Essendon. How, why would St Kilda trade Nick Hind? <laughs> good player. Fairson, good player, good speed. What what are they thinking? Like little things like that. I'm like, what is going on? Like it's embarrassing. And there's little like as we get further into the year, little things like that that are just such indictment 
you know, indictments of these horrible clubs. But um, there's a bunch yeah. of clubs at the moment. I think this is really affects the AFL. I was thinking about this to someone the other day. I think the thing that affects it is the standards a bit lower at the moment. But on, I think because of what happened last year and going on, that hasn't helped. But I think on top of it, there's a few clubs that back of house are run like the Knicks. Like there's there's a few clubs that are just so poorly run that it that it's really affecting the whole league. I, I think like you know, Sakilda will run horrendously. And Carlton are run horrendously. Like there's just a few back of house clubs at the moment that are just their back office is a joke. Do you know what I mean? Like it's got that yep. it's got that Knicks vibe where it's just like it's destined to fail. You know, like it's just going. Yeah, and we continue to say, like, that's gotta get that gotta get that straight, gotta get that fixed before you're on field success. I just don't understand why so many clubs and so many people that come in around football saying, uh, it won't matter, it won't matter. What, what do you mean? That's like saying the business of any sort can run without a CEO that understands what's going on yeah. and a president of operations and a GM. I mean, you just got to look at politics to show that there's disharmony within the any part of the group that affects the rest. So at the end of the day, the football department only makes on-field decisions. The rest of the decisions are made back, from back of house. And if that's a mess, it just flows on. Hence the reason Geelong continue to be successful. Sydney continue to be successful. Hawthorne, while they're not having a good season, wins financially successful because there's stability at back of house and they're all on the same page. Yes, Jeff Kennett is a lunatic and says some outrageous stuff, but that's because he was a politician. Yeah. Success. And they're going to have prolonged success as well while they've still got those two in um, Peggy and... Um, Brendan Gale. Oh, mate. Gale, Brendan Gale. Gale. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, they'll just sail, they'll just sail that ship in the right mm. direction continuously for years and years and years. So, yeah, crazy, embarrassing. Um, so, <coughs> yeah, I mean, look, good game, but probably not too much to dissect. Two teams that I, I look Essendon. Essendon winning is interesting because now you know they're sitting. Look, it's unlikely the ladder's obviously going to change, but they are because of that silly. Well, the Giants obviously really screwed it because they I mean they would have been out on percentage. But had they not drew with North, they would have been on the same points as Richmond. Uh, but they just lose touch with that with those two points. So I think they've really cost themselves. But Essendon, um, yeah, well, they're going to have to win some big games on the run home. They got Melbourne next week, which is obviously a very big game. Um, yeah, they got Geelong. Like they got, we've spoken about this. They've got some pretty pretty intense games. All the best to your team on the weekend. We will be back next week. Hopstone.com.au. Use the promo code AFL Deep Dive to get twenty five dollars off your first pack. Great way to drink fresh craft beer. All the best. Chat soon and good night. Thanks, guys. Goodbye.